coming to you from the Eminem Studios in beautiful Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Jabaloo Enterprises is proud to present the Health and Humor Show with your hosts Maureen Sullivan and Kevin Michaels. A mix of humor, education, and entertainment that we hope will amuse, educate, and enlighten you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another installment of the Health and Humor Show for the week beginning April 10th, 2022. This is your co-host, Maureen Sullivan, and the better half of the team that never needs an introduction. Well, forget it. <laughs> uh, Kevin Michaels, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. And yes, uh, welcome to the show. A uh, special show coming up for you today that I'll let Maureen tell you more about in a minute. But as always, we'll start out with our sponsors and our lame joke of the week. So we'll do a little housekeeping here, folks. The Health and Humor Show is coming to you on a platform called podbean.com. That's the Health and Humor Show.podbean.com. We are also showcased weekly on iHeartRadio and iTunes, Google Podcast and Audible, TuneIn, Pandora, and Spotify. And if that's not enough, a special acknowledgement to the team at UKHealthRadio.com, home of Health Triangle Magazine, and HamiltonRadio.net out of Trenton, New Jersey, with CEO and founder Gene Piero. Both of those platforms showcase us weekly as well. Again, UKHealthRadio.com and hamiltonradio.net so please check out their sites their platforms show them some love like share repeat keep it going the shout out to the team at pedagogyeducation.com with ceo and founder capra garrison this is an online learning campus for nurses to get their ceus or continuing education hours that we all know are necessary for license renewals specialty certification or just general expansion of knowledge then a shout-out to our friends at HumorOutcast.com with CEO and founder Donna Cavanaugh, as well as our friends at Good Music Africa and Shakedown Radio out of Australia. And did you lose track of all that? Well, then check out my website, MaureenSullivanRN.com, where we'll have links to all the social media, as well as links to books that I have for sale on Amazon, which is Kindle, which is free with unlimited subscriptions as well as a link to an ongoing health blog and another show that I host on veganism and plant-based lifestyle. So, you hung in there with me? You deserve it? Here you go, the lame joke of the week. Hold on to your seats, folks. One simple sentence. I called the tinnitus hotline, but it just kept ringing. You're welcome. Ah, yes. As someone with tinnitus, I will, uh, <laughs> I will attest to the truthfulness of that. All right, well, like I say, we've got a special show coming up here, but uh, I'm just going to do a couple real quick stories for you here first. A uh, 60-year-old man allegedly had himself vaccinated against COVID-19 dozens of times in Germany in order to sell forged vaccination cards with real vaccine batch numbers to people not wanting to get vaccinated themselves. Wow. Talk about taking one for the team, right? Mm-hmm. Or several. <laughs> Oh, the man from uh, Magdeburg, whose name was not released in line with German privacy rules, is said to have received up to 90 shots against COVID-19 at vaccination centers in the eastern state of Saxony for months. Criminal police caught him earlier this month after showing up at a vaccination center for the second day in a row. Officers found several blank vaccination cards on him. 
The German news agency DPA reported the suspect was not detained but is under investigation for unauthorized issuance of vaccine cards and document forgery. It's not clear what impact uh, the around 90 shots had or I would say maybe will have on the man's own health. The man had received dozens of shots, all of different brands. I just can't. I hope that when he's out of trouble, per se, which I don't know that he will be anytime soon, that the CDC steps forward and does some studies on his immunity Mm -hmm. system here. Mm -hmm. Because the irony is that (laughs) if those 90 shots all wear off in about six months from (laughs) an efficacy standpoint. Yeah, I was going to say, he ends up in six months getting COVID anyway, right? Good health, young man. Good health. Okay. All right. Well, just one more here real quick, because this happened to me as well, so it may have happened to you in the last few weeks. So just so you know, the more you know. If you get a text message that looks like it is from yourself, don't click on it. That's the sage advice of experts and of Verizon, which has received numerous complaints about customers getting spam text messages that seem to be coming from their own phone numbers. Verizon's community forum includes a thread published recently that details uh, a recent increase in spoof texts informing recipients that they've paid their March bill and can get a free gift by clicking a link. And I got the same thing, and I was not silly enough to click on the link without even reading this, and hopefully none of you were either, but just in case. We can't block ourselves. What's the solution, Verizon? Ask one customer of the of the wireless giant. Another reported getting the same message said the link goes to a Russian state-operated live TV broadcast. <laughs> wow. Uh, Chris Welch, a journalist at The Verge, wrote that he was directed to the website of Channel One Russia, a state TV network, when he received such a text and clicked on the link offering a free gift. The Biden administration has cautioned companies to be on the alert for cyber attacks following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, Verizon urged against clicking on the link, saying the best response is to delete the text or message. Verizon is aware that bad actors are sending spam text messages to some customers which appear to come from the customer's own number, the company stated in an email to CBS Money Watch. Our team is actively working to block these messages, and we have engaged with U.S. law enforcement to identify and stop the source of this fraudulent activity. Verizon continues to work on behalf of the customer to prevent spam texts and related activities. So, there you go. Okay, well, I am excited to um, introduce, by way of a showcase interview, um, a dear friend now, uh, it was only an acquaintance up until now, uh, Bridie Reed, to this week's uh, episode. This was an interview that I did on the other uh, show that I host, uh, Vegan Visions and Viewpoints. Bridie is a co-founder of World Vegan Travel, and she resides in Squamish, British Columbia, so I'm inviting the listeners of the Health and Humor Show to tune in and hear how she combined a love for international travel with her pursuit of a vegan lifestyle. I know we have listeners in many of the countries that she has visited, including Italy, Rwanda, South Africa, Botswana, Cape Town, Japan, and France, to name a few. So sit back and enjoy this interview with Bridie Reed at World Vegan Travel. 
Ladies and gentlemen, delighted to welcome Bridie Breed to today's show. She is the co-founder of World Vegan Travel here. And um, I'm so excited because she is going to merge the world of veganism and travel, which have become two of my favorite subjects to talk about. So welcome, Bridie, to today's show, uh, Vegan Visions and Viewpoints. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me on. I am, I am so delighted. And even better is that you reached out to me. So I think you have a message to tell, and I am delighted to be able to tell it today. So again, welcome, co-founder of World Vegan Travel. I am going to ask you first, because so many of our listeners are so new to this uh, dietary and lifestyle change here. Tell me about your uh, pursuit or change over to a vegan diet. Was it a straight you know, meat eating to vegan or as many of our listeners vegetarian to vegan? It was vegetarian to vegan. So this was back in 2009. I was living in Vietnam at the time and I, my partner bought for me one of the first iPhones. And um, because he bought that to me, for me, he, um, I discovered this thing called podcasts. This was way back in 2009. I was a bit of an early adopter, I guess. And uh, there weren't that many podcasts at that time. And I stumbled across one called, uh, at that time, it's changed its name since, called Vegetarian Food for Thought by Colleen Patrick Goudreau. I didn't know any vegans at all. Um, I, was, I had some feelings about my vegetarian um, choices, but I really didn't understand about the, the issues behind um, dairy and the issues behind eggs and leather and these other kinds of things. And this podcast was great because not only did it explain to me why I should be go vegan, um, but also how to go vegan too. And that was a really transformative um, process. So that was way back in 2009, and I've been a passionate vegan ever since. Excellent, excellent. And, and like I said, it, it, I will I keep into something you just said, um, the, the quest to become vegan. And it, you look back and go, I, I should have known this all along, but, and I've said this with many people I've interviewed, I kind of had this come, this enlightening moment where I was like, why didn't I understand how meat became meat products and dairy became dairy products and delivered onto the kitchen table? But it, it is very concerning. I've only been vegan since August 1st of 2020. And as we discussed offline, it was during the beginning of the pandemic, basically, somewhat of the height of one of the first spikes of the pandemic. And it became simply for health reasons for me. And I'm selfish to say it was for my own health, not for the health of the, the world as a whole here, because I kept hearing about all the risk factors um, in terms of catching and the outcomes of after you caught COVID. And I started thinking that they're saying, basically, you better get in better health, not only for myself, but for my family. The other part was for me, it became very cost effective to become plant-based vegan during a height of a pandemic when so many products were not uh, available. They were in short supply, and short supply also meant a very high price tag. And I will tell you, as every person that is vegan has told me, I'm having no problems at the grocery stores financially now, <laughs> because unlike so many sections of our local grocery stores, the plant section, the vegetable section, and the fruit section are overly abundant. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. So what, what benefits have you personally seen as being a vegan? Yeah. And then again, let me tap into this. Is it just you? Because our uh, readers have 
all over the board have asked this question, or have you been able to bring along your family with this? Because family support can be very important. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, I, I would never say that that uh, you can't, let me start that again. So, <laughs> yes. We're mincing words here. <laughs> Get to the point, Bridie. No, no, no. Okay. no. Um, I was, uh, I guess we would say fortunate um, that my partner um, of many years, my partner of 16 years decided to go vegan about six months after I did. And it was quite a surprise actually. He was and still is quite a picky eater, but he did seem to really, really enjoy the foods that I was making actually. I, I will say that I delved into vegan cooking with gusto like it just blew my mind how delicious it was so i went from being a fairly you know amateur cook to really going all out you know three times a day kind of thing and he really liked the food and then uh and then a few months after that we actually moved to bangkok for my job and a few months, a few weeks after we arrived, he said, did you realize I've been vegan for three weeks? And I was like, no. <laughs> and I will say that I had encouraged him to listen to that podcast that I was referring to before, but, but you know, not too much pressure. And I didn't know that he had listened, but he listened and that combined with the food meant he transitioned. And of course, it's really nice that we're doing this journey together. Definitely. It's interesting because my husband is pretty much a, a, a quite similar story here. Um, I was plant-based and he was still eating meat and more and more I was doing the cooking and cooking in batches and bulk, if you will. And so he just started eating along and, and suddenly he's like probably like 80% plant-based and a diet and more like that, the quote unquote Mediterranean diet here and uh, tremendous health benefits as well weight loss, improvement of blood pressure, circulation, everything like that. So it's a, it's a wonderful effect when the family comes along. The flip side of that is, um, I will think you would agree that when I tell people, or even when I, I shouldn't say when I tell them, when they see me eating plant-based, if we're out at a restaurant or something and they notice, hey, there's no meat products in that, and they go, oh, you know, what are you vegan, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I could never do that. And I'll usually, their plate is probably about 80% plant-based vegan and just some meat. And I'm like, you'd be really surprised <laughs> that not only could you do it, you probably are doing it to some degree. And that's the, that's the nice thing when you, somebody finally has that aha moment, like, I think I could become vegan. And then they realize they actually have been. It's not that big a deal. And the onslaught of vegan-based products is making it so easy and cost-affordable to at least delve into this, delve into it, you know. I agree, I agree. Definitely, and then the only uh, the only other glitch that I have personally found with uh, vegan foods is initially I was uh, a whole food plant-based, not even oils, and it was, a, it was a very, it's doable, but for me it was pretty much a drastic shift. So when I started seeing vegan on, on product labels and I was like, oh, this is, the first time I saw a vegan pizza for sale, you would have thought I saw a block of gold. I was like so excited. And then I ate it. And for me, being no oils and plant-based, I felt terrible. And it wasn't the product. It was just my body at that point. And then I realized 
that just because it said vegan, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the healthiest version of a food product. And that has been a learning curve for me. I have a rather extreme um, <laughs> thing to share. So, so at the start of the pandemic also, uh, my partner and I moved from Bangkok to beautiful Squamish in British Columbia, Canada. And uh, we went to the supermarket and our minds were blown about how many ice creams, these incredibly highly processed, very high in fat products there were. And we kind of got a little bit too excited and uh, just ate all of these things knowing that they weren't very healthy. And um, a year later, we jumped on the scale <laughs> and uh, had a bit of a shock. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been slowly losing that, that weight um, ever since now, and we're very happy with how that's gone. But yes, definitely, I, I definitely try to ascribe to 80% healthy, 20% right, right. sort of treats going out for lunch. I'm not depriving myself of that. I don't deprive myself of oils personally. I don't have these health concerns. But uh, yeah, you, it's possible to eat vegan and very highly processed. Right. I know that for sure. <laughs> well, the term I've seen now that I've done deep dive into the research is there is actually a term junk food vegan, where in theory, you could be eating chocolate, you know, you could be eating cookies and pastas and be going, I'm not eating meat products, which is legit in their argument, but not from a health standpoint, long term. Mm -hmm. So we'll move on to something else because we've tackled the world of vegan junk food here. Um, so veganism and a love for travel, combine them because I have the same thing. And what did we come up with? World vegan travel. Please tell me how the merging of two, I'm guessing, loves in your life here made this a travel adventure and a business. Sure. Well, my partner and I met uh, in 2005 um, through our love of travel. We were both employed as tour leaders for a travel company, Intrepid Travel. Some of your listeners might know of this. And, uh, and we met tour leading together in Morocco. So we met through a love of travel and both he and I had done lots and lots of travels by ourselves. Um, independently of each other before we met. And then we met, we fell in love, and we moved to Vietnam at that time. Um, we, life on the road and having a relationship that you want to nurture when you're on the road separately is very difficult. So we decided to move to Vietnam. And, uh, and I sort of put my travel career sort of aspirations on hold at that time. And I got into teaching and my partner set up a production house, a TV production house in Vietnam. And as you can, as you can imagine, if you think about it for a moment, that requires a lot of understanding of logistics and getting people from A to B, creating the right shot, you know, finding all of those things. So that's definitely something that Seb is very good at. And um, I mentioned earlier about how this podcast inspired me to go vegan. Well, actually, me and my partner Seb and Colleen, the host of the creator of that podcast and her husband David, we the four of us actually became good friends and we started traveling together. So uh, it was actually Seb who suggested it over a glass of wine, you know, um, as you do. Um, 
somewhere, I think we were in Botswana or, or something like that, the four of us traveling together. And um, he suggested, look, we, we were living in Thailand by now. And he said, um, like, Colleen, why don't you, um, why don't I put together a trip to Thailand? And you can market it, you can try to sell it, you know, you could see if your, your following would like to come to Thailand to have this incredible trip. And uh, he, she, she took a little bit of convincing because it's, it's a, not a small thing to do something like that. Um, but she did. She incredibly, she trusted us with, with her brand and, and it went incredibly well. It really, really went well. Then we ran, um, so this was all very sort of low key at this point. Then we didn't have a website or anything like that. Then uh, we decided to try to put together a trip to Vietnam. As I mentioned, we have a lot of knowledge about Vietnam and we put a trip together that also sold out as well. And then, you know, we started playing around with this more and uh, we set up um, a Christmas market trip to the east of France, which is a very meat heavy area of France. I mean, France is meat heavy anyway. And that was a very exciting trip to put together, um, working with the hotels and, and so on. And it's just sort of grown from there. In 2019, I decided to quit my job um, teaching at an international school in Bangkok, which um, was a difficult decision. But since obviously the pandemic has also been a challenge, but you know, I'm sure people can imagine what that was like, but we've run trips to Rwanda, We've run trips to Vietnam, France. We had a trip to Tuscany in um, Italy last October. That was our first trip post-pandemic. We've got trips to Botswana in Cape Town, Safaris, Africa. We've got Japan um, th uh, that we hope to do. We've got lots of ideas in the mix. So that's really, I guess, a brief thing of how it came together. And we still do run trips with Colleen Patrick Goudreau as well. We have several planned for this year and um, she can't travel as much as we would like her to travel. So of course we are looking to run our own trips and collaborate with other people as well. So I, th I think that brings you up to speed. That's how it all sort Hi. of came together. I love it. You know, on a side note, one of my favorite shows on TV is International House Hunters because I love the international travel. And as you're naming it, I'm like, check, that's where I wanted to go, that's where I wanted to go, that's where I wanted to go. I am so excited to hear just the places that you established travel with here. As we said before I started this interview offline, um, we've done a lot of road trips. We've done a lot of local, not local travel, but car travel. We were trying to avoid the airline industry during this pandemic. and. Um, I know being uh, plant-based, being vegan, and, and actually I, I can't even say so much vegan, but if you're on a special diet, for lack of better words, and travel can become a source of anxiety and a very stressful situation. Um, I've watched a lot of uh, videos and, and you know YouTube channels and websites and, and a lot of vegan enthusiasts who, who live and die by a, a very strict vegan diet have gone so far, so far to pack all their food and bring it along separate because the quote unquote threat of eating out at a restaurant that may or may not 
you know, get it right in terms of your order, or they may tell you that it's vegan and it was cooked, as I've, I've learned, on the mm. same grill as the meat products and et cetera, et cetera. So I know that that can relate to anybody on a special diet from a health concern or a health condition. But I love the fact that you merged both of them together because for me, even being less than two years, I know it causes a lot of um, undue anxiety at a time when travel should just be fun, especially after what we're all coming out of. And I say that across the board, wherever you're at, you've been affected by this pandemic and you know the isolation and everything and the health issues and that. So to be able to, my perception of being able to travel without that level of anxiety is so exciting to hear. So I would, I would love for you to tell, you know, our listeners what what actually happens during one of these trips and and how is it um, accommodating a vegan lifestyle? Because I think it's so exciting the fact that I wouldn't have to carry a tote of food, especially across international lines. I'm so excited. My passport is up to date. I'm writing it. We may be doing interviews on site at a later date. That would be awesome. I would love that. You would be so welcome, Maureen. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so there are a lot of benefits to group travel generally. And in case it's not clear, our trips are group trips, which basically means you or you and a friend or you and a partner um, travel with a group of people that you don't know. And you know that might not necessarily be for everyone, um, but there are definite benefits to traveling as a group um, with somebody, in this case, me and Seb, um, who are sort of keeping everything together, planning everything. Um, and it's especially nice to have a group tour when it's a kind of a tour where there's a lot of excursions. You know, you don't need to go on a group tour if you're if you're going to the beach for two weeks. You know, you, you don't need that. But if you're traveling from city to city, Yes, of course, independently, you can book your own train tickets and you can figure out where the train station is and find the train and all of those things. Of course, people do that. It's, it's something that we can do. But, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody to do that for you and to just say, OK, be in the lobby at, at nine o'clock and the bus will take us and this is what's going to happen all day and we've packed your lunch for you um based on you had a you chose your which sandwich that you wanted out of a choice of five options yesterday and then we'll distribute them on the train and then we'll arrive at our destination and the bus will pick us up from outside of the train station and take us for one hour to our hotel and then there's pre-dinner um vegan wines um before we sit down for a four course five course meal of traditional alsatian foods made vegan um so this this is kind of an example that's an example of a day from paris to our alsace day and um arriving in our um, alsace hotel so so, you know, all of that stuff is done for you. So you just have to relax and enjoy. And I mean, we're all so busy and we're, we really want to travel, but not everyone loves to do the research that's required. Not everybody um, finds it relaxing to travel. So that is part of the benefits of group travel. Another benefits of group travel is that you're traveling with people, people that you don't know. And, um, well, there is an element of risk in that, yes. you know, maybe there'll be people there that you don't necessarily gel with. 
in the case of niche travel, in the case of vegan travel like this, there's always that real, um, um, you're traveling with like-minded people. You right, there is some have, common denominator. Yeah, yes, 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 exactly. And I often, the feedback that we often get from our travelers is that they can just be themselves. Like, I don't know about you, but when I'm with meat eaters, I, I feel like I'm self-monitoring. I'm monitoring myself in that, you know, wh whether it's like, a, feel, a discomfort feeling because someone that I'm sitting next to is eating meat, for example, or the smell of bacon, for example, or somebody talks about this amazing Thanksgiving turkey they had, whatever it was. You know, I, I don't like that. And But of course, I could share that with that person or I could just internalize all of that. <laughs> um, so something that our travelers say, it's just really nice to travel with like-minded people and to just really just feel that they can just be themselves and share their vegan stories and not feel like they're going to be accused of you know trying to convert others or right and, and I, you brought up like a that. good point and i know that I'm, I'm kind of laughing i'm laughing with you because i've been in the i would i would be thrilled to sit at a table that only had vegans at the table because at no point would somebody look at my plate and go why aren't you eating meat products <laughs> you know or challenge you or say as has been told to me my doctor said i cannot live on plants alone and and a lot of people become experts on why you shouldn't become vegan even though they have their own uh, expert level of illness <laughs> just you know and so it, it would be interesting and like i said uh, i've even had uh, just on a side note i've even had people start quoting bible verses to me saying that god wants God wants animal products to be eaten. And I was just like, this, you know, and, and like you said, even at holiday time, you know, and I think a, a lot of things would be so nice because you wouldn't feel threatened. You wouldn't feel uncomfortable. You wouldn't feel like everybody else was looking at your plate going, why isn't something on there and vice versa. So I, for that alone, I would welcome travel. I know in middle Tennessee where we live, they're even trying to get, um, I would say like a potluck dinner together at different homes just to have that network of support because as a as a plant-based vegan and I don't want it to sound negative to our listeners there is a time depending on where you're at and who you're around that you will feel sadly very isolated and you'll start questioning is this really you know mm -hmm. is this really in the best interest of me and my health because mentally it's it's causing a lot of problems where physically it may be healing something else but there is a facebook group uh vistopia and it's it's uh, all about veganism and the the um angst that many of them feel and very very sad comments on there about feeling ostracized at family gatherings and at the end of the day is it really worth fighting with someone that you love and respect over a choice of a food product because i will tell you prior to becoming vegan nobody cared what was on my plate nobody cared and i didn't care what was on their plate and all of a sudden something not on my plate seems to ignite a conversation that isn't all that welcoming but i'm kind of digressing on that so mm. um, but you're, you're, you're absolutely right uh and and that's something that's a responsibility that seb and i take very very seriously when it comes to creating our trips and creating a atmosphere for our travelers is that we know 
we understand because we are in the same position that we that vegans often make this choice because of some other reason whether it's for the animals for the environment or for their health you know it that, that there's 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 an elephant element of sacrifice in some way uh, um uh I think most vegans would agree it was the best choice that they ever made, but it's not always an easy choice, specifically when we're talking about, you know, um, family members' reactions and things like this. But our hope is to try to make up for those kinds of experiences that you might have had where, you know, you haven't, you've been given a really terrible meal at a, um, at a wedding that you've had you've had to go to for example so no this is where you are um not spoiled but uh, um valued for the choices that you right. make and are right. you know really really looked after and um prioritized where rather than sort of being sort of um an afterthought let's say definitely definitely no i love i love how you said that being valued versus you know yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely. So um, I know that I actually see. I told you these interviews go very, very fast here. So let me let me ask you: um, of all the adventure travel that you've done, I call it adventures here. What's what's been the most memorable? They all sound memorable, but if you really wanted to direct new travelers to your site, what is the one trip that you've planned it? And, and why? Why does it stand out as one of the most memorable? And it could be for a variety of reasons. Very difficult. Okay. Ah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, no. Um, I will say one of my most memorable of the trips that we offer, um, uh, it depends if how much you're into animals mm -hmm. as to whether this would appeal to you or not. If you're into food, then I would probably say one of our, our France trips or our Italy trips or our Thai trips or Vietnamese trips because their cuisine is so good. Um, but if you really are interested in animals, um, then our trip to Rwanda is really, really special. For the listeners that don't know that Rwanda is the home of uh, mountain gorillas. Um, Diane Fossey, of course, did her incredible work there and also chimpanzees in the wild as well. And Rwanda is a country that I think most, people know a little bit about but they don't really know how beautiful it is how interesting it is um it's incredibly clean for example and it's known as it's very it's a landlock but it's very hilly you just see these beautiful hills all over the place and it's one of the most forested countries in the world they also have this incredible concept called Umuganda, which I think is going to blow the mind of your listeners. But Umuganda, since the genocide happened in 1994, um, there's been a lot of, of really great work to try to unify the country. And one of the things that they did is cr create Umuganda. And Umuganda is a, um, it happens on, I think it's the first or the last Saturday morning of the month where every single person in the country between the ages of 18 and 60 come together in their community to do some work in their community, whether it's picking up trash, whether it's helping to fix somebody's roof that's leaking, painting a school's classroom, whatever it is. And we were lucky enough that we could participate in Umaganda when we were there. We helped make a road. and. Um, it was just incredible and 
it was very interesting because, you know, I'm just imagining how my community would react to mandated community work. <laughs> what a concept. What a beautiful concept. Yes, yes. Mandated. So one of the questions I asked our guides was, look, tell me how you really feel about this Umuganda. Like, really, how do you feel about the fact that you are obligated to spend three hours on a Saturday morning to do this work? And I asked several people this question and they all said, we are happy to do it. And I will say, I actually wrote a blog post about this, about our travelers' um, uh, reaction to Rwanda and how they feel that this trip changed their life. And um, this was a part of it, you know, this, this idea of um, Umuganda and being community-minded and working together. It was just a very, very humbling experience. Um, and yeah, it, and of course, seeing those mountain gorillas in the wild, seeing those chimpanzees in the wild, meeting these very interesting people, these incredible accommodations, the countryside. It's just a huge surprise in a good way. How wonderful. Oh my gosh, how what? So thank you for sharing that. Oh my gosh. Listen, we're... Believe it or not, we're running out of time, and I know you thought, oh, we'll never do this this long a time here. I did want to mention your website, worldvegantravel.com. I've definitely, I've purged through that myself here. There is a blog, there's a newsletter. I highly encourage our listeners to check into that. Are there any other social media uh, outlets that you want us to mention as well in our final minutes here? Sure, thank you so much, Maureen. Um I do actually have a podcast as well that's focused on vegan travel specifically and we're trying to sort of make it a a guide for vegans who love to travel. We don't just talk about vegan travel, we uh, we talk about vegans traveling. Um, so, you know, for example, and we'll have to have you on, Maureen, I maybe you can it. talk about the reasons to come to Tennessee, perhaps right. that could be fun. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, if you're interested in traveling as a vegan, uh, then this might be an interesting thing to check out. Thank you so much for having me on, Maureen. I'm it's so been excited. so wonderful. I, I hope you'll come back and talk more about the intricacies of travel because I, I know that that is a huge concern in a good way for um, all our listeners here but for now I'm going to let you go so I don't cut you off on the time here but hang on and we'll talk offline again but thank you again Bridie Reed um, co-founder of World Vegan Travel okay so ladies and gentlemen I laughed when she asked but I was challenged as you'll hear on an upcoming podcast of Bridie's to highlight the vegan world here, the plant-based industry, if you will, and focus in Middle Tennessee. So I would like to share with you a few of my uh, insights that I actually shared on that interview here. Um, in the Murfreesboro, the Middle Tennessee area, we have something called Core Life Eatery. Pretty exciting here. It is a restaurant that quote unquote, believes the food you eat affects how you feel and how you perform. We all agree on that. The food is made from scratch, whole foods, um, ingredients that are free of GMOs, trans fats, artificial colors and sweeteners, artificial additives. What's really nice in promoting Core Life Eatery for anybody that is in the Tennessee area, and I don't know how far out this extends, their menu caters to vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, keto, paleo, whole food, and more. So if you're traveling to this area, 
Even if you are one of two of many travelers that have a vegan preference or plant-based preference for your food, check out Core Life Eatery. And I'm not getting uh, promoted and, and per, you know paid to be, do this promotion here. Another um, favorite, Juicy's Wellness Cafe in Murfreesboro. It has an interesting backstory. In 2006, the owner and founder, Mary Beth Laxon, L-A-X-S-O-N, uh, was diagnosed with cancer. She came across a vegan plant-based lifestyle and found tremendous healing effects. Uh, even after the chemotherapy and radiation treatment that she underwent, she developed this cafe. Um, it became a passion that led to a full-time business and then some. The entire restaurant menu is totally vegan, so that's very exciting. Uh, we have a new emergence of a program, uh, or organization rather, Sister Vegan Souls, a vegan restaurant in McMinnville, Tennessee, that is boasting, quite, quite honestly, a vegan twist on traditional comfort foods. So all those favorite foods of yours in Tennessee have been plant-based veganized. So enjoy that. The other one that's a top contender here, and when I say top contender, um, as I mentioned when I was being interviewed, it's showing up more and more in a Facebook group called Murfreesboro Vegans, is a place called Al Ryan, A-L-R-A-Y-A-N, Restaurant and Market. It is a Mediterranean foods-based restaurant and market. Uh, I don't want to sound repetitive here, but what's interesting is it's a supermarket version that you can shop in and take groceries off-site, as well as a sit-down restaurant. So you have everything that you need there, and it is boasting numerous vegan options. So, like I said, it was pretty exciting to be interviewed and then have to interview somebody and then have the tables switched and be interviewed as well. So, over the next couple of weeks here, we're sharing lots of tips and tricks here, and I know that this is a health and humor. They show here, so I hope that we stay educational and entertaining throughout the show here. But last but not least, what I tell everybody, and this is for all walks of life here, no matter what diet and lifestyle you're pursuing, um, start checking out your grocery aisles and start reading those labels here because lots of foods and ingredients that you would never have thought would be now included in the plant-based vegan industry are labeled appropriately so here. Uh, things are moving in a positive way just to become a healthier uh, community as a whole, a healthier world. Um, I don't know that I want to attribute it to any single factor in the vegan world here other than the fact that we have survived a pandemic and we just all need to be a little more focused on our overall health and well-being. And that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to say you know, it pretty well closes out another show here. Have you got anything to add here, my better half of the team to the no, left no, you, you've pretty <laughs> thoroughly covered it all yeah. so. no it's been great i'm so excited to be able to bring these showcases to you and tap into parts of the world yet unknown for me personally here so i always always tell everybody that i interview please please contact me with any interview options or ideas that you yourself have and you may be showcased on a future episode of the health and humor show but for now ladies and gentlemen i just as always want to give a lot of sh a lot of love and support as you will and kudos to the teams at ukhealthradio.com home of health triangle magazine and hamiltonradio.net out of trenton new jersey with ceo and founder jean piero as i say week after week at the risk of sounding repetitive here both of those platforms are promoting us throughout the week not just to their little audience. Their little audience has kept us 
in over 26 countries and counting here. We have tremendous feedback week after week. The numbers on multiple platforms are showing us that it's all, it's all for good and the effort is definitely there. So again, UKHealthRadio.com, home of Health Triangle Magazine and HamiltonRadio.net out of Trenton, New Jersey with CEO and founder Jean Piero. We are also on a platform called Podbean.com, the Health and Humor Show.podbean.com. But we're everywhere you are. So we're on iHeartRadio and iTunes, Google Podcast and Audible, TuneIn, Pandora, and Spotify. Last but not least, folks, I'm just going to tie it all in. I throw a lot of information to you every week here, but it's all nicely put together on my website, MaureenSullivanRN.com. It has links to the shows that we're doing as podcast radio shows, links to all the social media, to books that I've written on lifestyle and health issues, as well as an ongoing health blog. So in closing, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you all back here next time for another installment of the Health and Humor Show. For now, stay healthy, stay happy, and most of all, stay tuned for the next entertainment-packed episode.